Yo, yo, yo. What up? It's Kyle High Club with your host. You guessed it. Kyle. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, just talk about uh, what happened yesterday. Uh, yesterday was the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the biggest days of the year in America. America. Um, I believe it's the most watched television like event at least in the U.S. out of the year, like consistently. Um, I don't really pay attention to the numbers anymore, but I remember as a kid it was like 40 million plus would watch the Super Bowl, would be tuning in through their TV to watch it. So it was probably more even watching it. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, I believe the score ended up being 10-3, to 3, the Patriots. And really I want to talk about what I've been seeing from the reactions after the game, I don't want to talk too much about the game itself, um, honestly, because there's not too much to talk about. Um, um, it was a low-scoring game. I mean, there's a bunch to talk about, but the game game itself, I mean, I could sit down and watch film and probably critique each and every play and find something in there. But uh, So there's plenty of talk about if you know football and you want to sit down and talk X's and O's and strategy because that that game was beautiful for it. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, that kind of goes in hand-in-hand in what I want to talk about the game. Um, but yeah, the reaction I'm getting for from most people is that the game was really, really boring yesterday, and I get it. Um, it was kind of boring from an offense's standpoint. Like, nobody really moved the balls. A lot of punts. I think the Rams punted on eight straight possessions to start the game. Um, I mean, it was 10-3. to 3. So, I mean, that's really all you need to know, especially in this age of football where you can't touch the quarterback or you can't touch the receivers before, uh, before they catch it. Um, so, it's quite amazing that it's 10-3 to 3 in the – Honestly, the reason because of that is defense. Uh, it was just a defensive ball game, a very well-coached game on both sides of the ball defensively. I mean, Patriots were held to 10 points, too. I mean, even though they won, they still they didn't do much either. Um, they kept, uh, kept Tom Brady in check for the most part. Uh, but really, the... Uh, honestly, Julian Edelman won that game for them on the offensive side of the ball. Um they had nobody that could match him, match up with him one on one, because nobody can match up with him one on one, on the defensive side of the ball. It's impossible. Nobody in the league can do it. Um, <clears throat> might be able to place like a really athletic slot guy, slot cornerback on him, but the receiver knows the routes he's running. The defense doesn't. That's why the offense will always be a step ahead, um, especially if the receiver is a great route runner. Um, and was very, very quick out of his cuts, uh, like a Julian Edelman. He's excellent at it. Uh, he might be the best, maybe better than Wes Welker. Um, I'm sure some other guys out there right now, they're pretty good. But the rapport that he has with Tom Brady is just, it takes him over the edge. But yeah, um, I didn't find the game boring last night. Um, I think it's mainly because I... I like football. I definitely like defensive football. I love a 10-3 to game, especially in a fucking Super Bowl. That's just awesome and just basically proves to me everything why I love the game and why, why it's just a great game overall. Um, even though the goal of the game is to just drive down the field, put the ball across the other team's end zone, 
while they protect it. I mean, essentially just war. Um, you know, you push the other team's troop backs, troops back until you reach their base, and that base is the end zone. It's the touchdown. Um, so the defense is trying to defend their base while offense is trying to take it um, and score. So it's just it's basically war at the end of the day. But that's why, and as I said earlier, in this game of age of football, it's fucking, uh, it's an offensive game. Um, you know, you can't touch the receivers. I mean, you can jam them off the line within five yards, but you're not, you can't touch them at all after that. Um, you have to literally wait for them to catch the ball and come, like if they jump in the air for it, you're supposed to, you can't hit them. I mean, I guess you can go for the ball and uh, bat it away, but you can't level guys anymore, you know, like you used to, like, take out their legs as they're jumping over the middle. That was that was the best. I used to play safety for a little bit. Uh, I played in high school, um, and then I was on – what, what did I do? I was on scout team for my freshman year of a very small college. So I wasn't very good, but uh, – I had a pretty good uh, defensive coordinator while in college, and he he knew a lot. Um, and just from that one year, I learned a lot <clears throat> from him. Um, and just football in general. I mean, I knew a lot before that. I was a quarterback when I was younger, younger, and so I knew every person's on the job, like every single individual player. I knew their job and every single play. That was my duty. I had to know every single play, you know. And then, no, I mean, back then we didn't have checks or audibles or anything, but if I did, that would have been my job, and I'm sure I could have done it. Um, but who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't find it to be a boring game. Um, I love defense. Um, I just think it's masterful when a defense, a defensive scheme can stop the offense and basically shut them down and, you know, <clears throat> yeah, just shut them down. Especially in all, both of those offenses are good offenses. Um, the Rams is one of the best we've seen, you know, in recent years, probably besides the Kansas City Chiefs this year with Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, he was, the, the Rams are, and they basically just got shut down. They couldn't really run the ball. They stacked, uh, the Patriots stacked the box well, stopped it, um, Stop Gurley and Anderson, um, and when they did throw the ball, they were they just played, uh, you know, tight on them and just got in their face and jammed it at the line and just played a really physical brand of football, and that's what won them the game, which is being more physical the other team. You know, the lower man wins, and they just outlasted them. Um, I mean, time runs out, but I mean, they did have that pick at the end to stop it. Uh, even without that pick, they weren't going to score the Rams. That most, I think they would have kicked the field goal, but they wouldn't have tried for the field goal. They would have gone for it uh, and failed. Maybe that pick was on fourth down. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, congrats to the Patriots. Uh, congrats to Tom Brady for his six rings. Uh, <clears throat> he now tied the Pittsburgh Steelers for <laughs> most rings. So one player has as much rings as not only the New England franchise, but the Steelers franchise, who has the most rings of all time, now tied with the Patriots, obviously. Um, I guess same with Belichick. Um, but 
they're the best ever, both of them. And I don't, if anybody states otherwise, I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, I can believe, I believe your opinion and you could think that, but I just think that's false. I think that's just telling a lie. Well, I guess an opinion can't be a lie, it's objective, but if you have to be objective, he's the greatest ever if you just look at body work over his career. Um, his stats aren't the best. Like, he's not like Drew Brees' stats, but he's got six rings. You know, that's MJ status. Um, I mean, nobody else, no other player has six rings. I mean, that's that's all you need to know. And he plays the most important uh, position on a football field, quarterback. And then coupled with the story of being like a six-round pick, um, you know, I don't even think he started most of his games his senior year in college. Uh, You know, he was a very under-the-radar guy, and he ends up being the best of all time. Um, And I don't think there's a close second argument, honestly. I think he was already the greatest before this year. Um, and then they won it again. And I be, I kind of predicted this outcome. Um, when the Red Sox won the World Series versus the Dodgers, I predicted that it would be a Boston versus L.A. Super Bowl. Um, and I'm pretty sure I tweeted that. I tried to find it one day, but it was so long ago I couldn't. I gave up. Um because I had other shit to do, I guess. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, I predicted it'd be Boston and L.A., and I thought Boston, the Patriots, would win as well. Just because it seems like every year, every single year that everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady's done. He doesn't have it anymore. He's lost the magic. Him and Belichick, you know, they're having problems. Uh, there's, you know, you hear stories with, through... Uh, <clears throat> middle of the year that they're not getting along or whatever and you're like oh this is the end of the dynasty this is it they're done Brady's gonna retire after this year and it's over nobody really gave them a shot I don't think anybody gave them a shot at the start of the playoffs besides Patriot fans and that's it I don't remember anybody telling me or hearing from any analyst or anybody that they thought the Patriots would win it all. Now, I didn't think the Patriots would win it all either, but you know, I didn't really know what to think. But I predicted Boston and L.A., so I kind of just stuck with that in my back of the head. In the back of my mind, just hoped it'd be true. So I could say I'm right, but have no proof. But, yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel better, I guess. But, uh, it was a good game. Um, glad they won. Um, because I bet on them, so I won some money. Um, and honestly, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Um, how can you not like the greatest of all time? It's like saying you hate Michael Jordan. Um, and they're probably very similar people, I bet. Very similar. Um, so yeah, congrats to them. It wasn't a boring game. If you say it's a boring game, fuck you, um. Go watch Arena League football. Um, if you just want to see offense and no defense, and you just want to see the te- both teams just 
go up, walk up and down the field with ease, with no resistance. Then go watch something else. Go watch arena football. Um, go watch soccer. Um, that's why football's great. It's because of the defense. That's why nobody watches fucking flag football. Nobody watches seven on seven. I mean, seven to nine is pretty cool to watch. I kind of like it. But it's football because it's some fucking man sport and you're supposed to hit and stop the other team while the other team's supposed to stop you from stopping them by going forward. So, yeah, fuck you if you thought the game was boring. Um, I wanted to talk about the halftime show a little bit, but not really. Um <clears throat> thought it was good oh yeah i don't i like maroon 5 they have some pretty good songs uh i guess the popular ones i couldn't even name any of them for you um it wasn't very good live honestly um but i'm sure that every super bowl concert live kind of sucks honestly because the acoustics aren't set up good you know i don't think it's ideal to just play in an open well i guess they're in it in a dome, but still the ceiling's pretty fucking high. So I don't know. I don't really know enough. But uh, I thought they were good. It was kind of shaky in the beginning. Uh, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool how Travis Scott entered from the SpongeBob uh, entrance. That was pretty dope. Um, was that the only time he sung, or was it like appeared on the stage? I don't know. Um, I don't do any research for the show. I just talk about shit, and I probably won't look it up later either. And nobody's gonna tell me because nobody listens. Um, <laughs> nobody listens to this, but it's cool. Um, so that was cool. And yeah, Travis Scott did his thing. I think uh, Maroon Five, Adam Levine did another song. I don't even know what the song name was, but it actually got me kind of emotional. Which is, it's not weird. Uh, it's not weird being emotional, you know. As guys, um, you know, most of the day, I'd say probably 24 hours of most days, you spend suppressing your emotions, especially the, um, if you get depressed or sad or lonely or any of those, what, what dudes would call it, those weak ass pussy ass emotions, those bitch ass emotions. Uh, we suppress those, um, you know. So a lot of, not a lot of times, but uh, as men, as I've found, especially as I've gotten older and less things kind of affect me on an emotional basis, um, you just get used to life. Um, but it's weird. Things every now and then will just like trigger you and you'll just get instantly. It's not even sad. It's like a sad, happy to where like it will trigger past memories either with like a loved one or even just like best friends, like good times, hanging out with the homies when you're like, you know, 16, playing video games till five in the morning or whatever, playing Monopoly till six in the morning. My friends fucking did that with fucking nerds. Play Monopoly until literally somebody would win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as got older as a man, as, as you grow into a man, um, it's, it's weird. These little things will trigger you and you'll be like, damn, that was a good time. I don't know why like a song or a movie instance or even just looking at, 
you know, your younger siblings or if you have a child or a pet or something and you're like, oh, life is fucking beautiful and I forget the song's name but it was literally the song um, right before Big Boy started playing so I, it kind of got ingrained in my mind because literally I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I was tearing up you know, I wasn't like sobbing but like I had like a tear or two run down my cheek Cause this song, like, I don't know, it just struck a chord. And I was like, oh my God, it's fucking beautiful. Uh, it's a Super Bowl, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> as I'm in like that nice happy place where I'm like, oh, life is great. Fucking big boy comes in, rolling in his car. I think it was a Cadillac. Um, it was a dope car. And then starts doing his shit. And I was like, oh shit. They just switched it up like that. So it kind of stuck in my mind. That was pretty cool. Um, honestly, I didn't watch the rest of it. So <laughs> not sure what happened after that. But it was entertaining. Um, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show always sucks. Let's be honest. It always sucks. It's You have to... You're forcing um, musicians to play several songs in like 20 minutes or something like that. Like it's not... It's abnormal. They're not used to it. You know, they're doing it in a large stadium in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people. And they're doing it in front of that many people, but those people didn't pay to see them. At least most of them. Most of them came to watch the game. Like, they're the side attraction. They're the sideshow. These, uh, the halftime performance. The halftime performance is to cater to the people that aren't there to watch the game. The people that will literally sit down and watch halftime performance because Maroon 5 is in it or Bruce Springsteen is in it or whoever. You know, they're just trying to target the general American audience um, and honestly people that don't watch football. Um, and so they usually get somebody mainstream and yeah. That's why Maroon 5 got it. And yeah. Probably should have got someone from Atlanta. That would have been cool. I don't know if Big Boy's from Atlanta. Um, I know Travis Scott's from um, from Houston. Mm, you know. But all in all, it was cool. I liked the game. Um, yeah. And another thing. Um, so I'm basically done talking about the game. But another thing I saw was. I uh, want to talk. Just touch base on real quick. Was the. Super Bowl commercials. Super Bowl commercials, um, and I only kind of got this after watching, like, the first couple, like, commercial breaks, like, the first two or three, I kind of stopped paying attention after that, but they seem, they were, they were pretty depressing, like, a lot of them were really depressing, and I don't, I can't even think of one, a single one off the top of my head, honestly, it's how bad my short-term memory is. Um, probably from smoking weed, but honestly, I always say you just forget shit that it's not worth remembering. So that's why I didn't remember any of the commercials. Um, but I remembered when the halftime thing, you know, touched me. You know, those are important moments to remember. So I remember the important shit. But anyways, <laughs> and I thought the commercials are depressing, and the only reason I bring this up is because I, th- I um. I studied business in college, and I always found business kind of interesting. Um, I would read business articles before I started business. Business, business, business. Just say business a lot, and people think you know you're talking about business. Um, and that's a fact. Um, 
But uh, where's I going with that? Oh, but I I'm always um, interested in commercials, um, and advertisement. Um, not all advertisement, but at least the super popular ones, especially during Super Bowl, because as I said earlier, it's the most watched thing in American television, you know, ever. Uh, like in the year or whatever. Um, as far as I know. So people at uh, large corporations and advertising firms get together and spend a shit ton of money for airtime, you know, 30 minutes, a, a minute, 30 minutes, Jesus Christ, that'd be a lot, <laughs> 30 seconds or a minute, um, two minutes, I don't know how long commercials are, um, so they can, you know, make an advertisement to the masses to try to influence them to either buy their product or get on board with their service or what have you. Um, you know, most of them would give you a nice mission statement. You know, they'd say it's to engage customers to help them live a better life for themselves. Um, that's what most of business statements are while making a profit for the company. Um, be surprised how many mission statements don't have to make a profit for the company, but that's the whole reason of doing business. Um, probably the only thing they actually operate on. But anyways, I found it interesting that the commercials were pretty depressing because um, the reason I bring it up because I think it tells a lot by it tells a lot how commercials are portrayed to to us, me, you, you know, your next door neighbor, the masses, the common folk. I think it's uh, interesting to kind of see what the advertising agencies and these big corporations or PR firm or marketing people um, think about us. You know, think about you or me or your next door neighbor or your, you know, blue collar, white collar worker. You know, what do they think? And from watching yesterday's commercials, um, I'd say, I'd say they think that we are all depressed, um, and I don't know, I don't think that that off, to be honest, um, a lot of us are, um, I get depressed from time to time again, but you just gotta keep working, you gotta keep, uh, just gotta keep moving. Keep working out, all that stuff. I worked out before this, feeling great right now. You know, I didn't want to do the podcast. Um, I didn't want to go to work this morning. I didn't want to do anything today. Um, but I woke up a little early. I actually woke up before my alarm. So my cat fucking woke me up like she always does. She thinks she does it on purpose. I'm trying to tell me to get my shit together. But uh, she woke me up before my alarm. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck you, bitch. And I actually set my alarm later because I'm like, oh, she interrupted my sleep. Now I need to get extra. Um, and then I laid in bed for a little bit. And then I was like, I think a couple minutes went by, at least 10 minutes. And then I was like, fuck it. And then I just worked out a little bit. I didn't even, I didn't even go hard, you know. I just did one circuit of the shit I do and... I literally flipped the switch of the day. I felt amazing, you know, had morning call, you know, for work, you know, um, participated actually, uh, 
not that I don't always participate, but I'm not the most outspoken guy, especially in a professional setting, because I'm trying to keep my job. And I say stupid shit, as you, as you know, if you listen. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just turned the day around, and then I fucking killed it at work today. I got so much shit done. You know, I looked at my tickets in the morning, the shit I had to do, and I was like, fuck, I forgot about all this. I don't want to do this. And then it just kicked in, and I was like, well... And I didn't really consciously think this. I just kind of started working, but I basically I already won the day. I won the day by saying fuck it when I woke up and just did that one little circuit workout, you know. Um, it wasn't much. I, I sweat a little bit, but I wasn't like, I mean, I breathed heavy at certain parts, but I wasn't dying, you know. I didn't kill myself, obviously, but um, you know, I put in a, a decent amount of work. Um, you know, while tired and shit, and before coffee, before food, before getting, before going to work for eight to nine hours, um, killed it at work, and then I came home, fucking worked out again, and I went after it pretty fucking hard, and now I feel fucking amazing, um, it's a little um, amped up, but I did smoke a decent amount, so that's gonna kick in here if it already hasn't, um, for an hour I was going about that. See, I was going with depression, and then I got on a side a side road. Um, I think the cure is fucking working out, guys. If you haven't figured it out, uh, just do it. It's, I know it sounds it sounds hard, but you just have to do it. You just have to do it. I don't care what you have to do. Trick yourself into going. You know, tag along with a buddy. Um, that's probably the best way. If you got a really good friend who does work out or is trying to work out, you know, do something together. You know, get closer with another person while you do it. Me, I'm antisocial, so I just like to be weird and do it by myself. Um, but then I, it feels better because it's more, uh, feel more accomplished because there's nobody pushing me but myself and my own thoughts. Um, and overcoming myself and just trying to be trying to be that better person. But yeah, um, yeah. So those are some depressing Super Bowl commercials, and I think uh, they all think we're depressed, and they might not be far off. But what really, and they're not wrong about this either. They know they know us as Americans, and they know us because they are us. You know, when I say uh, they. I don't really mean they like some evil cabal room of geniuses filled with fucking cigar smoke and whiskey or bourbon or whatever or scotch. Um, no, I want to say they. It's just people that run corporations and the group of people in the uh, C-suite, so to speak, the CEOs, you know, CFO, CIO, uh, whatever other C-suite positions there are. I don't fucking know. Uh, you know, and the managers and people below them, you know. But the people making the decisions in these companies and who are coordinating with these teams and making these advertisements, um, what these people think, and, you know, these they do studies on these. You know, they do fucking, um, what are they called? I forget, but... <laughs> Um, God, it's on the tip of my tongue, but, you know, they pull a bunch of focus group. They do focus groups and polls and shit like that to find out what American people want or the demographic that they're looking towards targeting or whatever. And so they they kind of know us pretty well. I mean, we're pretty easy. 
Um, they think we're impressed and they know we like a quick, easy fix. You know, we got everything at the palm of our hands, literally. And we like quick fixes, you know, back hurts, take a pill, you know, got a headache, take a pill. Um, you know, whatever, we like the quick fix. So it was kind of interesting to see how these commercials are displayed. Like, whoever the character is in the commercial, they seem depressed or like had a depressed life or whatever. Um, or something down about them or something negative. But then when they got the product or the the service their life was better it was like heaven and now i'm actually remembering one of the commercials one of the commercials was a guy who was it looked like he died um he like came to it was like a prairie and then a big um or like a ranch house maybe two-story house and there was nothing else around but his like dad was there his grandpa was there and was like welcome he was like oh grandpa and he's like oh we've been waiting for you and you're like well i guess you've been waiting for him i guess this is heaven and then they he's like i've got something for you and then they go to the garage and it's this new car and he's like oh my god and he's driving around and shit he's having an awesome time you know it's heaven he loves it and then he had snapped back out of it into the real world and and it's uh he's at his cubicle and somebody's uh giving him the heimlich and he spits out a grape or something and he's like oh my god what the fuck and he has a look on his face i don't think he says anything but he has a look at the face like he'd rather die and go drive that car in heaven than live his best job which i'm sure a lot of people have in america um I'm sure a lot of people do and it's like damn well they're saying hey if you're depressed go get the car it'll be heaven your life will turn around um newsflash everybody it won't <laughs> in fact it'll probably just make it worse because then you got car payments and then you don't have money for rent or food or something or something at some point that you'd have m- money for later down the road you know, think about the opportunity cost. Whenever you get something, you, you're giving up something else. Um, as they say, there's no such thing as free lunch. No such thing. You go to, if your friend's like, hey, let's go for lunch, I'm paying. Like, you don't automatically say yes, do you? Somebody probably do. Oh, yeah, free food? Fuck yeah. But what if you're doing something? What if you have an appointment at that time? Or you have a meeting during lunch, you know, or something. I guess that's an appointment, too. <laughs> but, you know, what if you're busy? The opportunity cost of going on said free lunch is not being able to do something else with your time. Opportunity cost and just cost in general is not limited to money. Um, just putting that, putting that out there. So yeah, it was interesting to see how those commercials played out. Um, and yeah, that's really all I want to talk about Super Bowl. Don't want to talk about it too much more. And now I'll just, I guess, jump into some other things. Um, 
Let's see what else do I have written down. <laughs> Damn, I have some messed up things written down here. Not really messed up, but some people would like them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me let me get this little token, and I'm gonna jump into this one. So, <coughs> piggybacking off of um, <coughs> how advertisers and large companies <coughs> think of us, the people, the masses. Um, what's also interesting is to see what politicians <coughs> think of for the middle, think of about us, the people. Um, and I'd say, especially coming up, uh, I guess we're in 2019 now, yeah. So 2020, you know, there's going to be a presidential election. So people are already announcing that they're running and going to start campaigning and stuff. Um, and so you're going to start seeing messages and commercials and, you know, advertisements of these people running and... One thing I've really noticed, and I didn't really notice it before, but I guess I kind of did, but subconsciously, I say, feel like I say that a lot on here. But you got to be wary of um, politicians when they say, let's do blah, 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 blah for the middle class. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong for doing things for the middle class, because that sounds absurd. Um, obviously, we want to help the middle class. But my thing is, why are you singling out the middle class? Um, and obviously, a politician is going to say, oh, let's, you know, they're not going to run their campaign on. Let's, we're for the, the rights of the high class, you know. We only support the high class. We're going to make policy for the high class, the upper class people. No, no, no politician's ever going to say that. No matter how many millions or billions they have in the bank, no matter how many rich people they love, or hang out with, or fuck. <laughs> but what I want to hear, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear, and it's not even, you know, just... Throwing money at this, but like, I want what about the lower class? I've never heard anybody talk about, hey, I'm running my campaign for the lower class or for the people that have nothing or you know, whatever. Because the thing about saying, oh, I'm for the middle class, yeah, that's cool, uh, makes sense. If I was a politician, I'd say the same thing. Um, but I'm not a politician. I mean, it just makes logistical and statistical sense that you're for the middle class. Okay, you know, who's in the middle class? Well, everybody, because <laughs> nobody wants to think they're in the lower class, right? 
you know, only real honest people are like, okay, yeah, I'm poor. You know, I'm lower class. I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of people. I don't know. But, you know, just saying we all like to think we're, we're better than we are. But at the end of the day, middle class is very broad. Um, what does that encompass? 80% of the people? 85, 90. I mean, literally all these politicians or anybody doing by saying, I'm running for the middle class. We have to support the middle class. We got to make them better. We got to raise the upper class. Um, I'm only saying that because they're trying to preach to the masses. They're trying to get the most votes, you know, they're trying to get the most money. They're just trying to be popular, you know. They're just trying to be another fucking actress or some shit. I don't know. And then behind closed doors, they're going to suck some baker's dick or something. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't take me seriously, please. <laughs> but it's just interesting. I'd like, apolog- I don't know, I'd just like them to be honest because I know you're lying. Um, and everybody else should too. I'm not singling out any person or any politician. They're all lying. Um, except maybe this, uh, I don't know how to say her name, Alexandria. Oh, I, I, I should look at her name. But AOC, I'm just going to say AOC. You guys know who I'm talking about. She might be, and I'm sure there's other people out there too, like she seems to genuinely, genuinely care about people, about lower class people. That's why she has these socialistic ideas and tendencies, because she cares about the lower class and those people that have had a hard time or live in rough neighborhoods that, um, you know, just have a vicious cycle of crime and then jail and then, you know, crime and jail, crime and jail. I don't really agree with some of the details and numbers that are put out there, but I I get it from a genuine human perspective um, because I think that's all we really should be doing. The real problem just in the world in general, it's not even America, it's just poverty. Um, There's millions of people, and I think there's millions just in the United States that struggle to feed themselves and their families. And that's sad. That's fucked up. You know, as a nation, we should not accept that. We just shouldn't. I mean, yes, I think a man or woman needs to earn the right to a living and a space and, you know, provide or you know, just be a part of the system, you know, if you're going to benefit from the system, if you're going to live in this land and live with the, you're going to allow the, you know, the government to fight your wars for you, um, you know, give you protection from other nations that would like to destroy us or, you know, just kill innocent people for no reason, you know, there are fucking bad people out there and, Without a government, we would have no law enforcement. We'd have no police, firemen. Um, even though a lot of those, I guess a lot of those things are 
government funded, but uh, you know, it's it, it's tricky. You know, I think everyone should you know have not have yeah have to earn their way, but at the end of the day, I don't think you should go starving if for whatever reason you can't work you know if you're injured or something obviously we should have something set up to where you can at least feed yourself or if you have any dependents you know and you're the only one that can provide you know that's that's a shitty situation and really the only way we can better society just even on a global scale this doesn't have to do with america or even in local communities is just bettering our youth you know is educating our youth. We've shown time and time again the best way to to elevate people is through education. Um, even though education kind of sucks in America, honestly, you can learn more from you know the internet nowadays and some online academies and stuff. But that's still education. You don't have to go to an institution to get an education. Just education in general. Um, I don't care how it gets out there. Is, is vital. It's, I think it's the only way we can change this world. Um, it has to be generational changes. Um, you know, and the only way is is, is by ma- uplifting the youth and making sure the next generation has a better, you know, a higher step to start from. And each step should be going upwards. Um, I don't I don't find any rational person that or that would disagree that the, you know and say the step should be flat you know the next step for the generation should be flat or down no it should always be up and that's what we should strive for we should always strive to be together, be better as a society and just as people in general as individuals and in a group and so I'd like to see you know I don't know, just somebody that, and I mean, you're not going to find it because anybody that runs for office isn't running because they want, I mean, maybe there are some people out there that are genuine and care and want to rebuild, um, you know, whether, you know, just poverty-stricken areas of just in America, you know, just, um, just make them better. Um, I don't really know the best way of going about that, honestly. Um, I mean, I'd say, you know, set up rec centers, um, you know, where it'd be basically a safe place for kids to go after school or something or before school. Um, even adults can go there and have classes and stuff like that. People can, they can have, uh, educational or instructional classes as well and like who who knows cooking fucking whatever it is you know kids could just go blow off steam after school and get their aggression out and not end up you know looking elsewhere for parental advice you know it's one of the worst things is when a child doesn't have somebody to look up to um you know, and even just a parent to say yes or no, or you can or can't do that, or this is basically to teach right from wrong. Um, I think there's some things within us intrinsically that we know is right and wrong. Um, 
but it's got to be learned too and a lot of times you got to be told what's right from wrong instead of just doing it and finding out the consequences because some consequences are too deep there's no turning back and that's i think that's what we want to prevent is prevent you know lost childhoods and lost adults because they they had lost childhoods um I don't know. I don't know how to go about that. Uh, I guess, I mean, I said before, education would be great. Um, building rec centers. I think that, and like, the local communities might be the best, the best thing. Um, I don't know. And just improving education from there and, and going. And, I don't know, it would be nice to see... A politician say something like, I mean, I'm sure they say it all the time. I don't even want them to say it. It's not, I, I don't know. I just want it done. You know, where are all these rich people? Like, we have so many rich people in America. And celebrities. And just so, we have, there's vast amounts of money here. And, like, I don't understand how... And we're spending so much money on foreign wars and trying to uplift fucking other country... uh, You know, third world countries... Or not even third world countries, just other countries in general that... And we don't even have our own in order. There's... We still have lots of poverty here. Lots of homelessness and a lot of veterans in both those categories, which is just sad. People that, you know, you know, not, not all the times, you know, people, sometimes people go in the military because they want to and they have to, not because they have to, but because they want to and they love this country. But a lot of times, you know, people that go into the, into the military, you know, it's kind of their last option and they don't know what else to do. They're lost. Um, I could speak of that from experience, not really myself, but, uh, but my dad and a good friend of mine they both had similar stories where they were dropouts and you know fuckheads when they were kids and they basically knew that if they didn't go in the military or do something productive you know they basically knew if they didn't do something productive with their life they were going to end up dead or in jail and so they decided to go in the military and that's a fucking incredible decision to do at a young age I'm not saying everybody that's in trouble should join the military but it's sad that I'd say there's a good amount of people that join the military are similar in that way to where it's like their last option and they know like okay I either do this and you know and the government's going to help me out pay my way and they're, they're going to train me you know it's going to suck they're going to discipline me you know basically take your rights away they're going to build you into a fucking man you know, they build you into a soldier, and they give you a purpose. Um, you know, some and some guys come back fucked up. You know, especially seeing shit over there. You know, seeing your buddy dead, or even killing other people. Um, I can't imagine that. Um, it's just awful, and it's sad that that people that they turn to their last stop, like this is their last option, and then it still fails them, even after they've served and seen time and risked their life 
for all the shit that we all take for granted. Like, you can just go down the street and get fucking McDonald's and just get fat as fuck and not care and worry about anything and die when you're 40 and just and not give a fuck about your kids or anything like that. And you just be oblivious to everything. While people are out there and homeless and, you know, their brains are all screwed up and, you know, they don't know what's reality. You know, and every night they go to sleep seeing their buddy, you know, their buddy die in their arm and being under gunfire. You know, they're sleeping under bridges, you know. And, you know, maybe that's some on himself, but at a certain point, you know, human beings can't take that. They, well, they just break. We break. And we're not meant for this reality. You know, we grew up as hunter-gatherers. You know, DNA doesn't really evolve that quickly as we have and as technology, well, as technology has, especially with, you know, electronic technology today. Like, I don't know. I don't think we're meant to see some of these, you know, warlike shit that people see now and people just break. And it's sad that, that even their security blanket failed them, you know. And I don't know, I think that's what we should really focus on in this country, um, and not even this country, in the world. Um, you know, a lot of the world doesn't even have clean water, um, like lots of parts of Africa. I don't know about a lot of the world, but I know there are several million people out there that don't even have clean access to water, and you know, have to walk miles just to get it. And we're worried about the Super Bowl being boring. Or worried about fucking toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's silly. It's really silly. I don't know. I only have 10 more minutes left. Um, kind of started to get on a bad note of that. I don't know. I would just like. I don't know. I would just like to see money. why isn't money poured into these into these developments in neighborhoods that we know for a fact and for decades have just been oversaturated with crime and violence, you know, and domestic abuse or you know, illegal drugs. Heart illegal hard drugs. Like why? And I guess because there's no money in it. I don't. That's messed up. It can't all be about money. You know, we're all people at the end of the day. Um, you die, none of them money's going with you. Sure, you can pass it on to your kids. But uh, if that's the case, you know, well, do you want your kids to love you for who you are? Or do you you know, and actually love you, or do you just want them to think, oh, dad was awesome because he gave us a lot of money? I don't know. I'd say both. I want both. (laughs) That's what I want. I don't have kids, but that's how I like to think of things. Even though I'm fucking 24, I don't plan having kids for a while, but whoever plans, right? Um... I would just, I, I'd like to see, you know, people, what we really should just do, and 
Uh, Killer Mike talked about this on Joe, the the Joe Rogan experience, and I'm sure he's talked about it everywhere else, but this is where I heard him talk about it. He said, those that, you know, have money um, and, you know, quote-unquote make it, need to give back. You know, that's just a fact. Uh, Give back to the communities you came from. You know, and just reinvest. You know, just as you would reinvest in a business, you know. That's that's one of the top rules. You know, if you make a profit, you don't go out and spend it. You reinvest in your business. You make it better so you can make more. And that's really the goal. And I guess, I mean can't really think of it as a business if you're going to reinvest in your community because you're not going to make a profit as far as monetarily wise i mean you will i mean i don't know if you really really will like you individually will not in the long term but that community will in the long term you reinvest in your community you know build a small business or buy a small business there you know if you have the money you know purchase some apartment buildings or something renovate them or whatever i don't know um, open a restaurant, mm. you know, do something, build a rec center, you know, do what LeBron did, I want every fucking famous person to do what LeBron did, like, what the fuck, why is he the first person that's doing this, that has opened up a school back where he's from, four kids, and he's, like, paying for all of their shit, I know it's publicly funded, it's a public school, so it's all, you know, taxpayers are paying for it, but that's how public school works. That's how a lot of things work, people, you fucking fucks. All paying for shit that you don't even know, that we all use on a daily basis, you don't even know. Don't even realize how lucky we are. But, like, why are more famous people need to be doing that? Like, what are you guys doing? Johnny Depp, why do you have 40 houses, bro? Take those houses and rent them out. Make them shelters. You know, make them homeless shelters. Make them um, fucking orphanages or something. I don't fucking know. Do something. Say you just have empty houses all over the world and... I mean, you can't afford them, but hey, if you rented them out to fucking homeless shelter, you get some money back. Pretty sure the government pay you a little bit. You know? Then you got free money rolling in. I don't know. That's what I'd do. I think. You know. I'm kind of a little stingy with my cash right now. But that's because I'm trying to build myself right now. You know. I'm nothing right now. I'm nothing. I don't have shit for myself. You know. I could get in a serious accident. And I couldn't pay. I'd die. Just because I couldn't pay for it. I'm going to have insurance and that stuff. But like. You know. If a crazy emergency or accident happened. I'd. I'd be fucked, you know, and spiral into shit. And I'm pretty sure that's the case for all of us because I saw a statistic. I don't know if it's real or not. I can't trust anything anymore. But essentially, excuse me, if you're in that internal burp, that was kind of weird. I tried to get it externally, but like it burp, like I, I literally felt it. It was in, the, in my stomach and it came up to the middle of my chest it kind of just stopped there and dissipated. It was weird. I forgot what I was talking about. Good thing.
thing I have less than five minutes left. But yeah, I don't, I mean, oh, I saw a statistic that uh, 60% of Americans don't have enough money saved up for a $1,000 emergency, which was, which I couldn't believe. Um, I've, that's just crazy to me. Um, $1,000 is not much. Um, no matter what accident you get in, $1,000 is paying for shit. No, that's barely paying for a car. Like, that's not... What kind of car repair is that paying for? Like, you can't even repair your car if you get in an accident off that. I mean, sure, you have insurance to pay for it. That's why it's there. But if you have to pay for it out of pocket... Yeah, that's just wild. I don't know. You know, I don't have much, but and I'm sure most of us don't. But the goal, I think, is to make more. Instead, I mean, yes, you should reinvest back in your business. Reinvest back into yourself. Reinvest back in your community. Um... I guess you can do that through your businesses as well and as yourself, you know, just do things that benefit people, <laughs> motherfuckers. I don't know. Mm. I'm struggling with it. I'd love to fucking open a school one day, but I don't think my when I grow up needs it. <laughs> Grow up next to the beach, so the last thing we need is another fucking school or a rec center. There's already too many. But I'd get back to a city nearby or something like that. Um, or even, I don't know. Somehow. Honestly, I'd probably just get back to family members and help them. That. That's the most direct way I can. Um, it's not even monetary-wise, it's more advice-wise and just things as I learn as I grow. Try to grow. I just sound like a fucking douche and asshole telling people what to do right now. But it's whatever. Um, just mansplaining here. Don't mind me. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, again, congrats to the Patriots. And congrats to... All the people that bet on the Patriots, like myself, and wanted a decent, decent amount of change last night. So congrats, and uh, keep on trucking. <laughs>